This episode of Clinic Gym Radio is brought to you by Clinic Gym Connect. Just go to clinicgymconnect.com to learn more. But Clinic Gym Connect is a wonderful, amazing communication system that you can use in your clinic to grow. All growth has to start around communication and Clinic Gym Connect makes that easy. With two-way text-based communication, the ability to send out review links, the ability to wow your patients, provide great customer service, follow up more efficiently, faster, and using the method of communication your patients are already using, which is text messaging. You can learn more again at clinicgymconnect.com. Are you a chiropractor or physical therapist that believes in exercise, wants to make some money, and wants to provide the absolute best care for your patients? Well, then you are in the right place. I'm Dr. Josh Satterley, and this is Clinic Gym Radio, where we talk about the Clinic Gym hybrid model, which is combining the best parts of healthcare with active care and fantastic exercise programs to get patients the best care they can while helping you make more money in this game. This is Clinic Gym Radio, and I'm Dr. Josh Satterley. I'm excited for you to be here. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another exciting, amazing, incredible episode of Clinic Gym Radio. I am your host, Dr. Josh Satterley, and it is my pleasure. I'm super excited today to be talking to Carolyn Bolt. Carolyn, how are you? I'm great. I'm great. Thank you. Fantastic. I'm so glad you're here because Carolyn is a design expert, uh, designed multiple gyms, multiple chiropractic offices, and all sorts of offices. And Carolyn, instead of going any further, you're from Crossfields, which is a company that specializes in the design of chiropractic offices. But you were just telling me that design creates emotion, yes. right? Yeah. I want to dive into that because I think a lot of people overlook that when they're throwing their office together and uh, they don't think about that. But I mean, take us through that because that's, that's just an incredible thought. So um, whether we realize it or not, an interior designer definitely realizes it. The When you are in a space, all of your senses are picking up everything that's going around that space. And it's filtering through your memory. It's filtering through your thoughts. It's filtering through your all types of things. And it brings emotion with it. So actually, one of the reasons I decided to become an interior designer is I realized that the design of a space could positively or negatively impact how people act in the space, what people do, what people, how their emotions, their environment. So we call it environmental impact, environmental design. And it's not just whether it's green or not and how you smell, although all of those things, it's all the senses, but it's very much um, great. So I'll give you an example. You walk through a really small space and go into a larger space, you feel insignificant. You walk mm-hmm. it through a really big space and you feel into a smaller space and you start to feel more intimate. The space around you can actually make you feel that way. So all of the principles, yeah. design, scale, all of those things. I'm saying all of that. Yeah. It, it's, you need to be very intentional about how the space is designed to make sure that it, it accentuates, that it uh, complements what you're trying to do for your patient's experience. And, I love that. And every, everyone's different, but you have to know what it is that you want. Yeah. The patient experience is often overlooked, but you know, if you think about any company, I always challenge people with this question. You look at any company that focuses on the patient experience and they're, they specifically focus on that as part of what their business model is. I don't care if it's in accounting or a beverage company or, uh, or they're selling clothes, that company will be either the absolute leader in their, in their market or one of the top two as long as you focus on the customer experience, 
But unfortunately, for a lot of folks listening, I think we fall into this trap and forgive us, Carolyn, we're, you know, trained for three years to be a chiropractor after we get out of, uh, 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 get our bachelor's degrees. And we, you know, get our nickels together and we're like, all right, I got to keep this tight. I rented this space. I'll paint it myself. I'll set up my table myself. I'll do these things. Not knowing that we are essentially creating a lower value experience. And that over the next two to three years, when we're really trying to get started, that not focusing on that experience is costing us, I don't, I don't want to say it's costing us like one out of every 10 patients, but at some point your business may be on a teeter-totter of if that person's coming back or not, right? And, exactly. And you exactly. want to tip them over that scale. Exactly. I think a perfect example, as you said that, you know, about the emotion thing, not to jump, jump into it, but when I go to an Apple store, I mean, I'm sure everybody listening has gone to an Apple store. And the thing that strikes me is there is no clutter. My life feels organized when I walk into an Apple store. I'm inspired by how simple and perfect my life could be if only I bought an iPad, an iPhone, iMac, and a MacBook Pro. And the flip side, if you go to, I don't know if you've ever gone to a Microsoft store, there's not many of them, but if you go into that, the best way I can describe it is, do you remember Blockbuster Video? Like so much stuff, so many small boxes everywhere. As organized as you can make it, it's still a lot of stuff and you feel disorganized and you feel disheveled when you go in there. There are Microsoft stores like that. And I think, man, these people are trying to sell us the same thing, microchips in in a foldable case. And they're going about it totally differently. And one of them's focusing on the emotion. The other person's trying to convince you repeatedly, oh, our processor's more powerful. And everybody's like, I don't care because I don't feel powerful when I use it. So let me, let me, let me give you another example that that's perfect example of um, using the idea of shopping at, um, I'm going to use a store like an Ann Taylor or Banana mm-hmm. Republic or trying to think of something. I get all my clothes at Ann Taylor. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something that you guys would relate to. I'm not real sure exactly, yeah. but, um, but I think we can kind of per, like perceive like that that level of higher end mall based kind of store, J Crew or yes, uh, J Crew, good example, Abercrombie like and Fitch kind of. Uh, yeah, now Abercrombie and Fitch goes into another mindset. There's okay. another philosophy, and remember Hollister. Yeah, I don't even know if they're so whole different mindset. So okay. it depends on your demographics and who you're trying to appeal to. You have mm-hmm. to know that. You have to know that. But I'm just going to use an Ann Taylor. So what happens with an Ann Taylor, um, you walk in, it's it's not, you do not feel crowded at all. Mm. You're very, very clear what's on that rack. And it's very beautifully displayed. And it entices and it compels you to go to that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Give you another example is a TJ Maxx or a Marshall's clothing store. Oh, God, yeah. Okay. Emotionally, I'm I'm already getting I'm getting the bends from being torn so much here. Yeah. 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 So you're you're in, but the mentality of the people that shop at a TJ Maxx and a Marshalls are I'm going to get a deal. I'm going to get a deal. I'm willing to spend the time to dig through everything to get a deal. Mm-hmm. And that's that's their customer base. So that's who they design to versus the one that says I have very limited time and I want a personal shopper to help me figure out everything. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. and, and literally the same blouse or the same pair of pants or the same shirt may be in both of those stores, right? Very much could be in both of those stores. But you're going to pay a lot more in the Ann Taylor than you are in the TJ Maxx. 
Right. And you may not find your size in TJ Maxx. You may have to dig through it. You might yeah. wear it. You know, it's different. It's just different. But you are yeah. correct. You're yeah. going to dig for it versus not. So all I'm saying, I'm not saying that. And, and I use when I talk to my classes, I talk about the difference in the Walmart Walmart versus a high-end, uh, let's call it Tiffany's, okay? okay? A high-end jewelry store. You go into a Walmart and your mentality, and Walmart makes a lot of money. So we're, it's not about making money. It's knowing your clientele, knowing who you're going after. So it's crowded. It's busy. You don't care what you wear. The lights are really bright. The colors are really vibrant and, and uh, very much primary colors. All of that was very much on purpose. An interior designer did that on purpose because that equates to a lower, lower economic level. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, As opposed so, to Tiffany's, which you don't see any signs at all. You don't even want to ask the price, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a faux pas to ask the price at a Tiffany's, right? Exactly. Like, yeah. exactly. But it's interesting because going back to this idea of like the Ann Taylor and TJ Maxx, I think we have a choice in chiropractic. We can charge a premium if we wrap it in the right package, right? And so I could do the same work for, let's just say $50 and $75 for an, a, a visit, right? right? Now that's the 50% jump in price, 50%. So this would be taking a, you know, I'm looking at a, a, a new pickup truck and it's 50,000. I could pay 50,000 or 75,000 for the same exact pickup truck in a service industry. That's a huge advantage. Like we, we can make the decision that at any point we can rise our, raise our prices because as, if we do it right, we're not commoditized. But what are some, from just the design standpoint, I think a lot of people listening are going, okay, to, to charge a premium, I would have to get these skill sets. I'd have to learn, you know, go to this course or that course, or I have to adjust better, or I have to do, have these letters after my name, which as you go, you know, like me, I've got a few more gray hairs, I've had a few more birthdays, and you realize le- that that's less and less of a priority. But from a design standpoint, what are some primary things we should be thinking about if we want to go for that higher price. So let's say I have a two-year goal of going from $50 a visit to 75 with all my patients. And to do that, how would you approach that from the design standpoint? Well, we have to know where you're starting. All right. So let's just say, just I'm I'm thinking out loud here and we're just going to stare at where you're starting. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a 1,500 square feet in a strip mall in our local hometown. It's not a it's not on the wrong side of the tracks. It's in decent shape. Let's say that I'm thinking about the, there's a Trader Joe's two miles over my shoulder, right? Okay. And so picture that level of, you know, it's, it's nice. It's not the nicest center ever, but it's nice. It's clean. It's got a lot of traffic. So I got 1500 square feet and uh, it, you know, maybe it used to be a, a dental office. So it already had four, it's 15 square feet. There's a waiting room, a front desk and four exam rooms with an employee break area in the back or something. Okay. Each room's 10 by 10. I mean, I'm trying to make it, it, it you could design they're, this thing. on really paper, right? yeah. There are no <laughs> curves whatsoever. It's all like straight lines, you know, um, and it's simple and it worked for me for my early starting days, budgetary wise. And, you know, my, me and my dad repainted it. I bought some used uh, furniture for the waiting room and I got people who love me. So I'm on the right track that way, right? And I kind of know my business model. I know what I'm doing. I got a great person up front, but I want to get to that next level. So 
The first thing is are how dated are the things in your well, okay, number six. The very, very first thing is what's tattered and worn and torn. Are your tables Ooh. torn? Are the edges of your chairs torn? Is your bathroom dirty? Dirty, all of those kind of things. You were talking about cleanliness. Oh my yeah. gosh. It's very, very important. Yeah. I mean, it's it's psychologically important. We right. know it's yeah. important now with COVID. We know that it's important because it's healthcare, but right. it's psychologically very important. So just to just to put a finer point on that for people that, you know, I, it was before we hit record, but your best space, Carolyn, you've designed to the nines. If they let it get dusty, dirty, and there's dust bunnies everywhere, it, it, half the value's gone. We could have spent a million dollars on that space, and now it's, it's worth half or less than that, right? Okay, the second thing is clutter. Okay. Ooh, you okay. were talking about clutter, you know? Yeah. So if, if there's if one of the things that's different about, you know, Ann Taylor versus Walmart is there's a sense of focus. What am I focused yeah. on? So yeah. if you've got 15 pamphlets on your, ta- on your table, they're not going to focus on any of them. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've mm-hmm. got, you know, what do you want them to focus on? All of those things may be important, but they come often enough, put one a week up instead of all of them or do it in a different way. You know what I'm saying? Or, yeah. Okay. So clutter. Or one of those um, walls, my, one of my, my primary care provider has this wall of referrals. And for every specialty you can think of, gastroenterology, pulmonology, cardiology, there's four or five different business cards. This thing is a, it's a, all business cards and it's like four feet by six feet with you know, a million different business card holders. And all I see when I see that, I think I would rather die of a heart attack than have to decide which of those specialists to go to. It's so hard. <laughs> God, it's bad. But because you're because well, you're a story brain guy. That's yeah. how I met you was through John. Okay. So yeah. you know, we we have to simplify. Yeah. We simplify because it eats up calories. You know, and our right. body's trying us not to use calories. So what is the message you're trying to communicate right. and make sure that it's simple? Um so so, so let's go back to that clutter. real quick because I think clutter happens oftentimes from the best of intentions. I want to offer my patients every pamphlet on every tendonitis of every joint, right? And you're like, okay, well, and it ends up being 12 pamphlets all throughout the wall. And it's like, you don't realize that to you, it was one every six months for six years. And that, and, but your patient who has never been to your office steps in and just sees overwhelm. They just see so much. And it's the same with my, my primary care provider. I'm sure I had the best of intentions of putting 64 different business cards up on the wall that I could grab. It, it was literally, hey, I want you to have a choice. I want you to have the best people. It's awesome, but it is clutter. So what are some other common clutters? Like when you, I can just picture what it's like when you walk into these chiropractic offices with an eye for design going, you know, do you bring tissue or do you have a mouth guard you can bite into? How do you do it? Well, first, well, first we do everything virtually. So they send okay. us pictures, they send us videos. So they don't necessarily have to see our reaction yeah. <laughs> we through, okay? But um, so, so in fact, I've, I've, I'll give you your readers a link to, we wrote a, a free little booklet called uh, the five, design, five Designer Checklist. And it's like the five first things we would do to look at just up a leveling up. And cleanliness and clutter is number one. That's okay. Good. Another one is dating. What's dated? Okay, so one of the realities is there is no forever design. We just have to understand there's, there is no forever design. Everything dates approximately every seven years. That's okay. reality. So 
whatever you invest in something, there's some things that are classic enough that they'll last longer. And they probably have, if you spend enough money on them, they're durable enough to last longer. Like carpet, you get carpet that'll last you 10, 20 years, you know, but do you want carpet that'll last you 20 years? You know, or is it going to... Yeah, that's interesting. Like at my local airport, they went with some high... uh, It's, you know, Vegas airport. I mean, it's one of the busiest airports in the world. They won this super high durability carpet. But they underestimate... I don't care how long the manufacturer says it lasts. There is a how long should this have lasted in its environment. Like... Exactly. Like like 40 million people a year walk across it. I don't give a crap what brand it is. Get rid of it and go with tile, for God's sakes. So, so airports are extreme, but I get you get the picture. A chiropractic office are it, they're not going to have that kind of wear, so it is going to last longer if you buy the quality. So, but the point is, is that that quality and design. The higher the quality and the higher the design, the higher the price. So you just have to decide where you fall in that level. But we always tell people you're going to probably not wear it out, so go with the higher style to begin with. Do you know what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah. Especially our students. We tell our students, you know, just buy a good looking waiting chairs. Even if you buy them, you know, through Wayfair on Target or someplace that's residential and put it in your budget to replace them in two or three years because they will not last. They're not made to last in that environment. Right. But, but don't get the cheap ones off a chair biz that'll last you 20 years that are ugly. You know, I don't care. Just don't do it. Because it's like people, you know, people, things that are put together well, people see it. That's why, yeah. you know, there's designer labels. There's designer mm-hmm. label handbags. You know, they're just. Yeah. Well, I, even, even in a small um, a microscopic scale, I'll tell you, we recently moved into a new house and we were getting the whole house painted, you know, before we came in and the guy said, do you want me to paint the inside of the garage? And I'm like, eh, I don't know. It's a garage, blah, blah, blah. And I looked at it. I'm like, you know, it's not too bad. And he's like, I'm just let me paint it. Like, I'll charge you $100. It's not, That's you know, it's not, it's not going to break the bank. You're already spending whatever, $4,500 on everything else. Let me just paint it. And I could see in him, he knew, he knew. He's like, you don't realize how bad that thing is. And so sure enough, he just painted it like, you know, uh, some sort of white. I opened the door. I was like taken aback. I'm like, oh my God, this is so much better. This is so much nicer. And it's just a garage. And I think paint is one of those things. Yes, the paint will last 25 years or whatever, but the color, the fading, the dust around the pictures and all that stuff. If, if everybody listening just repainted every five years, you'd be blown away with how much of an improvement that makes in any space. And, and that's a really good timing because it dates. Your colors are going to date. The fastest thing that dates are colors. Interesting. The very fastest thing that dates are colors. So, um, because they're so easy to change. Yeah. And they they fluctuate. Yeah. So, and there's psychology of the colors. There's all. So, what we tell, what we, you're talking about paint. um, Using paint for your design element is one of the least expensive things you can do. Using paint to have a dramatic contrast between you know, the back wall and the side walls or things of that sort. The other huge thing that we look at is lighting. Mm. So you get some nice rectangular fluorescent lights down straight down the hall. Walmart, Walmart, (laughs) Walmart. (laughs) 
So lighting creates so much difference in emotion. You can, you, you probably understand this from a gym. The areas of the gym that are brighter have more energy than the areas of the gym that are darker. Sure. You know, yeah. and you, you want to do that on purpose. You right. want to choose the areas that you want more energy versus light. Just changing the light level, changing where the light comes from, um, meaning is it overhead or is it a sconce or is it, what is so it? Give me, let, let's just talk this through because I think this is very interesting. In any medical practice, let's just say chiropractic, physical therapy, even your uh, primary care, there's going to be a room that essentially is an examination room, right? Where we have this scientific process going on and we typically would want more light there, right? I, I think it'd be kind of creepy to go into a low lit, like, Hey girl, let me just put my hands on your shoulder as you move. And you're like, what's going on here? Turn on the light, you know? Right. right. But our waiting room is not, doesn't have a scientific aspect to it, right? It's a welcoming area. So just talk me through how you would, see those two different areas being lit uh, from a functional standpoint to create the right emotion, like we talked about earlier, but not too far over the edge. Because they're kind of like emotionally, they're very separate, right? One is like, hey, come in, let me give you a hug. And the other one is, let's get the microscope out and look at these cells, you know? Exactly, exactly. Well, um, you just described it, exactly what you're going after. So you want me to tell you what kind of... So what kind of lighting you'd want to do in those areas. So, so there's a couple of things that are going on with light. There's light level, like how bright it is in the room versus how dark it is in the room. Right. So in an exam room, you know, you can do an overhead fluorescent light. It's going to give you the biggest wash of consistent light and you can have enough light in the room for it to be bright, bright enough. Um, You want to make sure that it's not too bright you know, because you don't want it to feel like an operating room, right? right <laughs> you want yeah. it to feel like a, so having the right light level in there. Um, we love to put indirect light in there because very often you don't want people laying down and looking up at a, at a bright yeah. light. So, so just for my listeners, indirect light would be like something mounted on the wall, shining up towards the ceiling kind of. Or hanging down from the ceiling and going up to the ceiling and illuminating the whole ceiling. So, so it's a reflected light. If I'm in the room and I look at the fixture, I cannot see the bulb from any angle. It's being bounced off something. Exactly. It's bounced okay. off the ceiling. Okay, so, cool. But it's more expensive. It's more expensive than a two-by-two two right. lay-in. You know? right. um, yeah. And we hardly ever do fluorescent anymore if we do LED. Oh, my God. LED. It's, it's one of those things, like, not only does it save energy, but it's, I mean, it... it you can install it anywhere. You don't have to worry about like <laughs> at Christmas time. I always think like, thank God for led. Like remember back in the day, Christmas lights, you missed one bulb and it was like killed the rest of the string. And yeah. now yeah. LEDs like as long, I mean, you can damn near run them over with your truck and they'll still work. It's yeah, awesome. Very but, well said. And the prices come down. Yeah. Operable to anything right. else you would get out there. But a lot of the led lay in fixtures, they actually are indirect light. Okay. The light goes up cool. and down. You're not seeing because you don't want to look at an LED bulb. They hurt. Right. right. So um, so that would be what you would want, is you want an okay. overall wash of light at the same light level. And I know, like from photography, there's a difference between white light and warm light. Like warm, like the sun is a very warm light. It kind of brings out your tan. And everybody knows like fluorescent, or I'm trying to think of examination lighting is very bright white. Like it flushes out the colors and all that. In that, in our office, should we think about that? I mean, 
you know, in that exam room, should it still be a warm light or should it be a whiter light? How do you, how do you know that? It's, it's a philosophical thing on what you hire Carolyn. That's how you know that, right? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, um, okay. Let me just, let me just pause there real quick. Cause I I just want to say like, I'm asking Carolyn a bunch of questions here because she's an expert, but at some point, just like people asking you, you, the listener, about some injury at a party, at some point it tips the scales to, you need to hire somebody, right? And one thing I know from my own, uh, how would I say this nicely about myself? My own (laughs) screw-ups. There's a point where you need to hire somebody. And I would say this, here's a good uh, method. When you're trying to blend two or more areas together, hire a designer. When you're taking one area, you're just trying to change things. So if you're just like, hey, listen, I just want, I have a gym in the back of my clinic. I'm just going to paint the walls and brighten it up and add some bright lights. That's cool. But getting that to mix with your office, that's hard. Getting it to mix with your office and another facility, that's really hard. You need an expert. So if somebody says like, oh, I have pain, uh, low back pain when I bend over and touch my toes, everybody at a party could probably, every chiropractor at a party could probably give them some advice. But if I go, uh, yeah, when I bend forward, touch my toes, it hurts. And when I play golf, it hurts. And I noticed that I also have this shoulder pain. Okay. You need an appointment is what you need. You don't need a, advice at a cocktail party. <laughs> so with that thought, Carolyn, real quick, throw out your information. So when people hear this and they're like, hey, I need a professional, how can they get a hold of you? I'm not stopping right here. We're going to go on. I just want to okay. make sure they know. Okay. Well, I, I do have some comments I'd like to make to your questions. Sure. But um, So you can find us. The best place to find us is on our website. And that is under chiropractic office design or under Crossfields. You can Google Crossfields and we'll come up. Or Google Chiropractic Office Design and we come up. Um, we also have Facebook page. We also have Instagram page. We're real big on Pinterest, um, which is, you know, a designer's galore. So those are probably the three big uh, social media stuff we do. But um, yeah, just Google. And all you're doing all day long is does designing specifically chiropractic offices. I mean, there are a lot of dental, I mean, you've probably dabbled in some other healthcare providers, but there's, I've met a couple dental office designers in my life, but uh, you are specific to the chiropractic field. We are specific to the chiropractic field and holistic healthcare expand, what expands out of that. Multidisciplinary places that have a chiropractor and something else. Including, you've done a few uh, offices that have gyms and whatnot, right? Offices with gyms, offices with physical therapy, integrated medical, functional medicine, functional neurology, um, different, you know, all types of chiropractor, you know, straight chiropractor, vitalistic chiropractor, um, evidence-based chiropractor, new chiropractors, gun said chiropractor, you got it. All kinds of chiropractors. The biggest, the biggest difference between us and someone designing medical is we're very, very focused on supporting the holistic health environment. Everything mm-hmm. that has to do with people owning their wellness. Do you follow me? Mm-hmm. And um, because, it, because uh, you know this, people go to chiropractor out of more of a choice. It's a secondary, it's a choice. They've either discovered it and, you know, there's, they're, they're going there for a choice, right? They, and you want them to choose you and you want them to stay there <laughs> is what the goal is. So like we were talking about, it's retail design, but it's also hospitality design. 
So hospitality creates that client experience or that interesting. Yeah, that's a good good point. And um, and you know, it's not it's not enough to just have a well designed office. You also have to have great staff, front desk. You know, Starbucks would be nothing if Starbucks didn't have the baristas. The baristas are amazing. But one of the most you take the baristas and you put them in an ugly space, and they wouldn't be Starbucks either. So one of the most memorable chiropractic visits I ever had was this guy, Dr. Jim in California. He was amazing, but he had literally just rented a space. The front desk was a six foot folding table from Costco, <laughs> a, like a plastic folding table with folding chairs behind it. Then you went back. He just had an Ikea cubby thing as the room divider. It was just a wide open space. And then he just has his adjusting table back there. Guy was amazing, super charismatic. The front desk was amazing. And it always sticks out in my mind is, you know, they had spent $200 on office improvements. (laughs) (laughs) And yet it worked because they were overcoming it with all this positive emotion. Now, had they met you along the way, had a great design, they wouldn't have to be heroic in their customer service methods, like you're saying about the braces. Now you combine imagine, Just imagine if they were heroic and right, yeah. had a space. Right. You no, know, I, I, I think I, um, I mean, we talk, you know, I mean, ultimate and customer service experience is Disney, right? Yeah. Every little, do you know how many designers work for Disney? Oh my gosh. Every little thing, graphic design, physical, Facility design, everything is thought. Fonts. I mean, they spend more on figuring out what font to use on the side of a popcorn machine than than most companies spend on <laughs> all graphic design for the year, right? Like, exactly. so we yeah. can go to that extreme. But, um, yeah. but so but, anyway. And by the way, yes. Uh, just going back to earlier, you go to a Disney park. There's no clutter. It's immaculately clean, and they repaint weekly. I mean, they're they're painting something every night, right? Yeah. 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 So, so going back to uh, folks that are like, Hey, I've been in practice for a couple of years and I want to grow. Number one, you said, I'm just going down a functional way. You could figure out when to call Carolyn. So it'd be number one, clean the hell out of your space, clean the nooks, the crannies, move the chairs out of the waiting room, clean the windows, make sure that all the dust and underneath the desk and all that stuff is super clean. Then declutter. I mean, call in your, your best friend, how would you say it? Someone who loves loves you but hates you, like you know your mother in law, maybe your best friend, and say, "What do you? What strikes you when you first walk in my office?" And they go, "Why are there files there? That picture is old as hell. That plant looks half dead." And change all that. So then, that actually is part of what we recommend is have okay. a, have another person come in because yeah. you don't you don't see it, you don't see it. Yeah. And so I, I'm going to stand at the front of my office. I've decluttered. I've cleaned it. Now. If I'm like, you know what, this place still uh, gives me the heebs, then maybe uh, throw a fresh coat of paint on, right? I mean, you can bust that out in uh, a weekend in some small offices, but even if you call in a professional, like it's not going to take too long. If you're looking and still going, you know what, this place either creates negative emotion, like I feel claustrophobic when I'm in here, or I feel uh, like it's a, you know, it's it'd be good for selling cars, but not for selling healthcare, or you're like, I just am not inspired by this place. Bam. Call Crossfields at that moment, right? Because that's telling you, if, if you're in there every day and you're not getting that emotion, there's no way that somebody walking in there for the first time is going to feel anything, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's and it. so 
so they call you and you said it's all virtual so you can walk them through spaces. What's one of the more common designs that you or thoughts you have when designing this space? Like opening up things or reducing the number of private rooms. Is there something that is often done that ends up being a mistake for that emotion? Like to me, I'm thinking okay. installing too many private offices cuts a space, a space up. You can't do anything with it. Like, so when I'm talking to folks about building a clinic and a gym, I say, you know, gym space you can use as a clinic during the day. You know, you just put some tables out there or maybe get some curtains. It still works as a clinic space, but the opposite is not true. You can't use a private 10 by 10 clinic examination room as any sort of exercise area, right? Right. And so thinking about that, if it gets to the point where I'm like, should I add more, another exam room or keep more space in the gym? I always say, keep it as gym, put up, you know, curtains or something, but it can serve as a classroom. It can serve as a gym. It can serve as a clinic. But as soon as you divide that space and put up hard walls, we got, we got problems. We're fully committed. You are fully committed. You are fully committed. Um, you were talking about um, room dividers from, I guess you said from Ikea, but uh, one of the, one of the chiropractors we've done a lot of offices for, he uh, rented a corner in the CrossFit gym he went to. And we used a product called Loft Walls, which are beautiful walls. You can look them up. They're, and um, they're very easy to be, you assemble them, but they're very pretty and they can create, you've got all kinds of designs you can use. They're not cheap. I mean, they're not like something, they're not Ikea cheap, but they're, but they're beautiful and they're very flexible. And, and you're not tying they, into the superstructure, so you don't have all yeah, those concerns. Yeah. And so what it, what it did is it really made it professional looking. Do you follow me? That's what you have to be careful of. You don't want to just put up a curtain and make it look, you know, you can put up a curtain of like a privacy curtain or something, but I don't know that you just need to make it look professional. You can have it flexible and professional at the same time. So when, when people come to work with us, um, we have six steps. And the first step is really spending time just going through what do you need? What is your business plan? What are your goals? What are you trying to do? Um, how many square feet do you need to do this? Because we're talking about everything being pretty, but if it doesn't function well, it doesn't matter. It's got to function. So we always, we are, we adhere to form follows function. So that means they're married together. They don't, you don't create a pretty function and then come back and think about making it pretty as that's not the best, but you can't start with pretty. You got to start with, does it function? Okay. So what we do is we look at how many square feet you need based on the ideal room sizes, the ideal areas, the ideal layouts and things of that sort. And then we start to look at how that needs to flow together so that you don't bottleneck so that you have enough room in your spaces that you're not, because if it's too small, that's going to impact your inefficiency. I mean, that's going to make you inefficient if it's too small. So um, we look at that and we do it all on spreadsheets and come up with how many square feet, you know, range that you should be. Then we ask if you're looking for new spaces and then you go out and look for a new space, come back with that space, say it's 2,500 square feet. And then we do massive amounts of space planning. We just, we want to look at it every which way we can because it's so much cheaper to do it on paper than it is to do it in real life. 
And then we started to build the construction drawings after that. So the decorating part of it evolves out of that initial, what is your business plan? So it becomes like branding. Do you follow what I'm saying? It becomes yeah. like ma- the marketing piece and the branding. So that's that's the full service. And then the 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 reface the surface would be similar in that we go through some similar, excuse me, some of the same steps, but um, most people come to us because they have a flow issue. Very few people come to us just because they want they need to make it pretty. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm not saying don't come to us that way, but yeah. Um, that doesn't take a specialist in, in, in chiropractic to help you make it pretty. Well, you say that, but you know, I'm, I'm all my listeners, I'm sure have people come in. They're like, nobody else can figure this out. And it's like, this isn't that hard. Like, you know, you don't have a low back issue. You have a right ankle problem, but (laughs) um, yeah. So, so going to that, so I, uh, you work with some, um, you said some vitalistic chiropractors and, and, you know, their practices are a little bit different than the people listening here. But in the sense of... Oh, we work with know, both. We do work with both. Right, right. Yeah. Um, what I'm saying is they, their length of their appointment is usually different than the people listening here. And so you have set up offices where you're going to... The business model calls for a 30 or 45-minute office visit, right? More of a sit-down kind of um, lounge feel. And then those vitalistic chiropractic offices where their visit is going to be 90 seconds to five minutes, right? Yeah. And in those, there's very different needs and wants and, um, and flow, like you said. So, uh, when you get to that point, like, um, when you're working with a high volume place, that's putting a lot of patients through, what are some common ideas you have there versus, the people that want to spend a little bit more time or, you know, a little bit more discussion with their patients. So, cause time is the, that's the commonality all healthcare providers. We're all restricted by time, right? Especially right. when we're one-on-one, I, whether you're going to your OBGYN or your psychologist or your chiropractor, it's one-on-one and sure they could charge a thousand dollars an hour to sit there with you, but that market's pretty small. Right. You know? So, so it, it, I don't, ahead. I guess the piece that um, the piece that is common with all of them is that you need that place where your new patient is not where you can create trust with your new patient. Okay, you've got to create that place of trust with your new patient. So I don't even know if that's consistent because in some situations, I'm thinking of one we did in uh, the Denver area. Well, when you walk in, he's all interested. It's not a, it feels like a gym. It's got the rubber floors and all of that, but it's got all types of um, therapy equipment, you know, just very much into, and you walk in and you feel that. You feel like you're walking into a gym because you feel like that wide open space when you walk in. And that Mm -hmm. was his model and that's what he wanted. Um, And he wanted his new patients to see his practitioners working with patients. He wanted them to see that. That was part mm. of what his, what his story was. So instead um, of doing the trust building of talking one-on-one, it's like, hey, you can trust us because there's eight other people here that are getting worked on right now. Yeah, I mean, it's a, yes, a piece of it. They're still going to talk, but it's a piece sure. of it. Um, I think about, I'm going to go to another extreme, functional neurology, where you'll spend, mm. you know, uh, hours with a chiropractor. 
and sure. uh, working with them. And, you know, the rooms are bigger. They're very, very much more private in everything that they do. Um, you know, the patients are very much more sensitive to sound and noise. And so the whole space has to be designed totally different. The light level is different. The finishes are different. Everything's different. Yeah. Going back to our discussion about how bright should the exam room be, I never considered what if somebody is sensitive to, to bright light? You want to have the ability to adjust that. And a light switch is probably horrible because you don't want to turn it off, but you want to have a dimmer, right? Like, yeah, yeah, can we, yeah. You, wow. That, yeah, yeah that, that mean, is interesting that you consider the, what, who is the target market to? Who is the target market? And that's, that's the most universal thing that you have to consider. Who's, the, yeah. who's your ideal patient? And let's design the space for your ideal patient. Mm-hmm. Let's design the finish level for your ideal patient. Let's design the light level. Let's design the flow level. Let's design all of those things so that it attracts that ideal patient into that space. Right. Hmm. And matches up with what you're trying to say. What's your message? Your right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm right now working. Uh, I have a, a small clinic attached to a gym and we're working exclusively so far with golfers. And, um, you know, we have like a, pretty big simulator in there, a golf simulator. So you hit the ball. And one of the things that that attracts my perfect client, like they love that idea, but it is funny because, you know, one thing we didn't consider is, uh, you want them hitting into there and, you know, like you want to have a place to sit down and talk. And right now we've been sitting, (laughs) I almost want to park like a fake golf cart in there. (laughs) Because <laughs> everybody, every guy that comes in there to talk always assumes what I call the golf cart uh, position, which is uh, if you ever see anybody in the passenger seat of a golf cart, they always put their feet up on the dash and kind of lean back and, you know, have the drink in their hand. And when we're talking, doing the initial email, that's always what they go into. So we have these chairs and they're like leaning back in them, kicking their feet up. It's super informal, but around golf. It's much more informal than say you would act in your you know, primary care office or something. Right. But I don't have a stainless steel exam table because that just doesn't fit that model. But what I want to have is some sort of like lounge or something with a lot of greenery around because that greenery reminds you of the golf course and whatnot. So you're you're making my mind work here too, Carolyn, because we got a ton of technology in there. So we have to protect that. But in the same regard, we want them to feel comfortable because the best thing that like any chiropractor, I mean, the best thing we can have is them to come back, get those clients coming back all the time. Right, right. Yeah. And the other thing we didn't estimate is our technology. So we have what's called a launch monitor. So it, it watches the ball and it'll tell the projector where the ball would have gone on a golf course. Okay. Wow. Well, okay. Here's one design feature we didn't know. You have to have that launch monitor at minimum nine feet behind where the ball gets struck. And then the ball has to fly for a minimum of 11 feet. Whoa. Right. So you need 20 feet. And then when that hits the screen of the of the launch monitor, that ball is moving fast. It's only gone 10 feet. So you have to allow for two feet behind it for the movement of the net, right? Well, our room is so tight that we basically have to wall mount that launch monitor against the far end. And there is a eight inch wide area where the person can hit the ball. That's it. There's no room for error because it, then our numbers won't work. We won't have enough ball flight. We won't have enough distance away. And, and it's funny, I like, we should have considered that before we grabbed the space. And by the grace of God, it works. I mean, we're at, 
as tight as you can be. And we could not be literally 16 inches shorter. We would, uh, we'd be out of, out of range for this thing. So oh my gosh. Oh my it's gosh. super fun, but I never would have considered that until they're like, Oh yeah, by the way, you have to have this much ball. I'm like, God dang it. You know, but yeah, yeah. we love it. So yeah. 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 I, I don't know that we've worked with that equipment before, but that's, we'll have to, but anytime we get a piece of equipment, it's, we have to know yeah. from the manufacturer, what do we need to make this work right? right? Well, I just opened this up a couple months ago, but it's already doing well. We're getting plenty of clients and whatnot. So, you know, yeah. I'll probably be calling you in a couple of years saying, hey, we're, we got to expand. We need a few different bays here. That, Why don't you awesome. come out and check it out? Yeah, awesome. super fun. That's well, awesome. Carolyn, uh, I hate to break this off. I would love to do this again sometime. Yeah. But um, I just got another call up in a minute. But for those folks who are listening and totally interested in this, where can they see some of your work or kind of maybe see some inspiration to start that conversation with you? So I'm going to direct them back to our website. Great. And on our website, you can see up front and center our portfolio. Click on Mm -hmm. our portfolio. You can see um, a multitude of projects, a variety of types of work all over the country that we've done and read the case studies um, for each one. If you feel inclined to read beyond the pictures, Um, then there also is a lot of, of resources. We have four free resources. I mentioned one of them about the facelift. Um, that's for the person who wants to, you know, get an update, a weekend update. What are we going to do? What do we need right, to do right. to make ourselves better? And then um, we've also got a checklist for the chiropractor that's opening a new office, starting from mostly right. starting from scratch. We also have um, the five biggest mistakes a chiropractor makes, and that's our first e-booklet that we created. And then the last one is we have a lot of free floor plans. So um, that's, you know, if you're thinking about function, you want to get everybody. That sounds like quite a resource. Yeah. And then there's a ton of blogs and a ton of news. We have a newsletter we send out once a month that we're, you know, new ideas and. Fantastic. So if they just go to the, can you give us the website address one more time? It's chiropracticofficedesign.com. Okay chiropracticofficedesign.com. Yes. All right. And you guys have been listening to Carolyn Bolt, who it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, Carolyn. I really appreciate your time today. Uh, listen, guys, I'm telling you, those the three tips about just clean it, declutter, and repaint. Uh, you know, if you're really going to succeed in chiropractic, please consider the fact that you get to set your own price, not just arbitrarily, but through your actions, through the design of your office, and through your customer experience which can be a huge advantage or can be a limiter. So why not, you know, why not make it a huge advantage? Right. Well, Carolyn, this has been awesome. I really appreciate your time today. And, yes. I'm, uh, and as I say at the end of every podcast, everybody go out there, maximize your license and live the life you dream of. Thanks a lot, Carolyn. Thank you. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Clinic Gym Radio. I want to let you know that this episode was brought to you by ClinicGymConnect.com. ClinicGymConnect.com. Now, if you want to grow your practice, add a gym, provide great customer service, whatever you want to do in your clinic or in your gym, Clinic Gym Connect can help you do it faster, easier, more efficiently, and make your patients and clients fall in love with you. So just check it out at clinicgymconnect.com.